0: Welcome to Habs Unfiltered. Habs Unfiltered is featured on The Hockey Writers and iHeartRadio. This podcast brings you honest and in-depth hockey discussion and entertainment. Our hosts, Matt Smith, Treg Wilson, and Blaine Pudvang, are proud to be one of your trusted sources for Habs and hockey news. If you are talking about it, so are we. And welcome to episode 168 of Habs Unfiltered. I'm your host, Blaine putt I'm joined down by my co-host, Matt Smith.
1: Afternoon, how are you?
0: Great. And uh, people will notice that our other co-host, Treg Wilson, is not here with us. Uh, He unfortunately had other things to do that were far more important. We're not sure what those are. He never told us. He kind of just zoomed off with a text saying, peace out, boys.
1: It's got to be good. He's missing a playoff show, so it's got to be important. Right?
0: Yeah,
1: right? Yeah. well we'll we'll find out later on and then we'll we'll announce it to the world. Or we'll yeah. make him announce it to the world.
0: In the most embarrassing way we can. Done. So it's, the only, it's how we roll.
1: That's exactly it.
0: All right, so um, before we start the game three preview and talk about game two a little bit, I just want to reach out and say thank you to the desk at the Tesla driver who pulled in in front of me at the gas station this morning and spent about five minutes trying to put gas into his Tesla. Was he successful? No, he (laughs) he kept walking around with the, with the hose, you know, just looking for the, the, the gas door. Couldn't find it, got in his car, turned it around thinking it was on the other side. And then kept looking. Meanwhile, I'm waiting for him to finish because all the, uh, all the, they were all in use. All Was it a uh,
1: younger person or was it an older <clears throat> person?
0: Middle aged. Okay.
1: Maybe it was like a, maybe they just had like a midlife crisis, and then they were like, oh, "I'm going to buy a fancy Tesla," and then.
0: Yeah, I'm going to drop ninety thousand on an electric vehicle and not know what that means. <laughs> and in my neighborhood, it's very likely that's what happened. That could very well be. But either way, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. That was oh, major perfect day. start. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> I really needed a good chuckle, and I had a good belly laugh for a good five minutes this morning because of that guy.
1: Well, hopefully that, that laugh and that part of your day leads to positivity tonight.
0: And that's what I, I was three. thinking. That's what I was thinking. If my day can start off that well, why can't it end that well? And my day is going to end after the Montreal Canadiens play their game tonight. So let's just get into it. So game two, we watched game two. Um, I want to get, you weren't on the the last episode, so I'm going to give you the first crack. What were your thoughts on game two and the adjustments the Canadians made?
1: Well, as always, they got a pucks indeed. No, I'm not going to start with that. No. Uh, 110%. <laughs> 110%. Yeah. Um, per, like, honestly, I, I saw, um, I saw a very different team. They were, they were hungry. They were winning the bout the board battles. They were getting shots on net. They were going to the net. They were. They were um, a much better team than what they were in game one. That's for damn sure. And um, when it comes down to it at the end, they might have lost that game 3-1, but it was their own mental mistakes that led to their demise. Especially on the second one, they had possession of the puck. All they had to do was kill the clock. We've seen it many times. And instead, with you know 10 15 seconds to go, you decide to go for one last rush. You turn the puck over, and then it's in the back of your net, which ended up being the game winner. And then another mental gaffe from um, Edmonton. from Edmondson.
0: Yeah.
1: With a few, with with less than five to go that really sealed the deal. And after that, the Canadians just stopped playing. I, I do like that they that they were a much more disciplined team. It's just um, I questioned, I questioned the um, the decisions behind the bench a little bit during this game, especially during the uh, during that four on three, and that's oh, not oh, something. Oh, and, 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 and that's not something you see very often. You don't usually no. see a four on three power play,
0: and um, when you so do, when, when you do, you don't see two defensemen on it.
1: No, especially like. You know, and, and people are going to make the people are going to make the argument: should Gustafson have been out there? Should Weber have been out there? Should the you know? For me, I wouldn't have had both of them out there. Now, no. for me, if, if you are going to have Suzuki out there with Toffoli, throw Caulfield out there. Throw that whole line; they gel well, and Caulfield is a proven performer on the power play.
0: I don't see why they didn't have Caulfield and Petrie. As the other two, with Suzuki and Toffoli. Yeah,
1: and it, and it was just very, it was just very um, one-dimensional. They, they literally made yeah. a square. They made a square, and they the the only chance that they had was just a, was a tip play.
0: Yeah, and Tampa and, 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 and had no problem just letting no. them circle and circle and circle. And that's exactly
1: it. And it was, there
0: was nothing in the middle.
1: It, it literally just took. It just. It took time off a clock. That's all it really was. It was yeah. very, it's very pedestrian for, uh, for for them and for the for the penalty killers. They didn't have to do anything. Um, but yeah, back to the back to the game as a whole. Um, it was another. It was a game that I I, I, I just think that um, the Canadians were the better team. Uh, they 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 just didn't have what it took to finish it. And 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 yeah. and you're going against a guy like Vasilevsky. Very good goaltender. You're going to have to score more than a goal a game to beat him. And we and we know that when uh, Price has some run support, he usually keeps his team in. He usually keeps the, t- the team in the game, and he gives them a, a hell of a chance to win. Um, these, you know, two out of three of these goals, I wouldn't say were on him.
0: No, I mean, that first goal. Yeah, uh, taking that last rush and then – uh, creating that turnover that was mistake number one on that play yeah. and the second one i mean the goal that he scored my god like you you, you take that shot a thousand times it might go in once yeah. and it just went in and yeah, that's he, what killed it i yeah, think he got a piece
1: of it he got a piece yeah. of it but the fact that, that like that was the game winner and and and, and even if the, even if the edmondson goal um, his gaffe would have been the game winner I'd be equally pissed off because yeah, they were both, because they were both preventable plays
0: yeah but the the way that they were playing in that second period they had dominated the vast majority of the period and then to end the period on that play that was just a, a it, it's like stabbing someone in the kidney yeah and then Edmondson's gaff I mean I I understand that the play is to release the pressure from the strong side by making that pass to the opposite weaker side so that the, the defender has a clear path to get the puck out. But with Tampa Bay's forecheck, they have a F1, F2 come in in a, in a straight line across with the F3 on the high, the high man creating a triangle. So they have pressure coming in on both sides. It's not a new play. They should know this. So making that little back pass, if it goes to just right behind the net, okay. But to put it all the way across and then not even put it far enough across so that Palat just picks it up. That, oh my God, that that is a play that they rarely ever try to use because of that triangular forecheck and it, it killed them. It killed them. They had that play at the end of the second. They're like, "Yeah, okay, we can still battle through this." They were still playing hard, but that play, you can see their shoulders droop, and then Tampa, Tampa came in, swooped in for the kill.
1: It brought the, um, it just brought so much life back into the Tampa bench and back into the back yeah. into the uh, back into the building. Yep, and um, that really, that really just sealed the deal. And now we look at a Canadiens team that uh, big underdog, obviously, in the series. And so far, it's showing with uh, being down two and two nothing.
0: Yeah, the uh, they're down two nothing, but they shouldn't be. They've earned, no. they earned that that split, but they didn't get it. And the reason why is Vasilevsky goalied them in game two. Yeah, the Canadians completely outplayed Tampa Bay, and the they, only they, goal they, they got they was did. that squeaker.
1: They did, but the the problem is the Canadians haven't really established themselves. Um, in, in high danger areas, they're getting not shots enough. off. They're getting shots off. Like they took uh, they took forty three shots. Yeah, were were all of them were all of them dangerous? How hell no, they weren't. Even no, the, they, even even the goal even the goal that went in from Suzuki was a uh, was a was more of a fluke.
0: Yeah, they all count
1: at the end of the day. But
0: but the uh, they did out chance Tampa Bay. They, they, they got more they high did. danger chances than yeah. Tampa Bay. The difference is they're not getting enough. Because yep. the way Tampa plays, with their high-danger chances that they give up, they're one and done. Because yep. as soon as Vasilevsky gives up that rebound, their defense is clearing it away. That's right. The Canadians need bodies in front to create that traffic to screen Vasilevsky, but more so to get those rebounds. Those yep. rebounds are going to be there.
1: And this is the thing. This is what we saw in the Vegas series. They yep. talked about it quite a bit with um, making Marc-Andre Fleury uncomfortable. And and they were, they were able to do that quite often and and jump on those rebounds and and get the second chances. It it really has been a one and done with, uh, with this Tampa defense and with Veselesky.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's what brings me now to game three and further adjustments. So game three, uh, we're going to see Ducharme back behind the bench. The Canadians are going to have last change. Uh, This is going to make a difference. Uh, What, what else do you think is going to happen for game three tonight?
1: We gotta think this is the first time we're seeing Canadians hockey in a Stanley Cup final since 1993. Yes. I think the the building, even if it's only got 3,500 people in it, which is very unfortunate and Dominic Sherm um, spoke about that and said yes, that he, he was re- said that he was really disappointed. The fact that we're only going to have thirty five hundred uh, in attendance, when you're more than likely going to have twenty five thousand people outside. so there's already speculation that he's going to be fined five thousand dollars by Sante back. But we'll see. You we'll want, see what want, happens let's, there.
0: Let's talk more about this right now. We'll get to game sure. three here in a minute. Sure. But yeah, with the um, you brought it up, I was going to keep it for a little later, but you brought it up. I don't care if he gets fined. He he brings up a valid point because what he said in French. Was that this was going to this would have been an excellent way to reward Quebecers for getting the double vaccinations. I mean, yep. Quebec leads the country in its vaccination rate now and the double vaccination rate. So why not provide those who are double vaccinated an opportunity to go to a game? You bring it up to about ten five. Yeah, you got to give people a carrot. You're dangling. You're you're constantly harping about. The pandemic, the pandemic, the pandemic, and then when they put in that effort, they and, and the numbers in Quebec are astoundingly low. Yeah. Compa- in comparison to the rest of the country now,
1: well, let's when they compare it to Florida, oh,
0: well, and compared to Florida, it's ridiculously low. Yeah. Yeah. Yet, Florida, uh, Tampa Bay's got a full, a full deck, and yeah. nobody's wearing masks. Yeah. So why not give the give the fans a little a little carrot? Dangle that carrot maybe it gets more vaccinations, you know? So I think he, he brings up a valid point. And I've been, very, I've been very adamant about following the rules. We need to, follow, you know, wear the mask, social distance. But at a certain point, when do we stop with the harsher regulations? And when do we start removing some of them yeah. to open things up, just even a little bit? Yeah.
1: Like, this is the way that I look at it. What is the difference? And I I know there's going to be people that are going to argue this, but what are the what are the difference between allowing these massive gatherings outside when everyone and you've seen it, you've seen some of the wins that they've had, and everyone's just tight knit, no masks or very little masks, as opposed to even even bumping it to half capacity. A, a, and and having a having some separation between the seats like I, I just don't get it
0: yeah there's there'd be a lot more control over the crowd if they yeah. would increase it to ten five. that's right and there'd be sanitation there'd be there'd be distancing yeah. and
1: they've it, talked about the sanitation like when we yeah. had brian on the show he talked about how they how how everything was sanitized and they they had areas that you could um um, you know, wipe your seat down, and you could do this, and the and yeah. what was provided and everything, like it, it seems that the Canadians are doing a good job when it comes to that, and, and and they did their best. They 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 put the request through, and and unfortunately it it, it was it was rejected, and it, yep, it, it was it's rejected just...
0: by Sainte Quebec and yep. Montreal. The city of Montreal had a say in in that as well. So the um, the prevailing conspiracy theory now is that because there's a bit of a, um, a tiff between Molson and the Montreal mayor, Valérie Plount, because the new mayor, Plount has uh, rules and regulations that she's put in place bylaws that she's put in place in the last few years, not including the pandemic that were less than favorable to Evenco, which is also owned by Molson. So people are, assuming there's some kind of a, uh, a tit-for-tat or a, a conspiracy where the two just hate each other.
1: It could very well be. Well, well I'm not going to obviously get into speculation. I'll just go off of what I see. But it's just this like playoff atmosphere is, is something already yeah, to be excited about. And when you've got the head coach of the opposing team putting forth – his positive thoughts saying that, you know, these fans deserve this just as much as our fans deserve this. And he was very vocal about that and members of the media and the fan base and everyone was just so excited about it. And I I think many people saw it coming that we were going to see half capacity or uh, uh, at least an increase of 3,500 fans. And for now you're going to game three, as I said earlier, first time, Uh, stanley cup final has been played in montreal since 93 and you've got a 3500 fan um cap when you when you when you look at tampa that has a that has now a full house
2: yeah
1: and it's you know i'll say a million great things about canadians fans and how loud that a small group can be but it's at the same time it's a slap in the face of those fans and uh to all the people that we're really looking forward to possibly getting tickets, and to and to one more thing before we go on about Game Three, if you're one of those people that has season tickets or that has bought tickets, and now you're sitting on StubHub or Ticketmaster or anything like that or whatever, you're trying to resell your tickets to make thousands of dollars, you're a fucking idiot. And there's my there's my there's my one swear for the show, because I know that they're out there and you're taking away the opportunity for people to go to these games because many times people put these up and they stay and they stick on them at the last minute. And then sometimes they do those games, those tickets don't even get used. And, and now they're just, they're wasted and someone that could have had the opportunity to take their mom or dad to a game or go with their child or, you know, a couple brothers going together or whatever. Whatever the situation may be, you've now taken that away because you're goddamn selfish.
0: It's for me. It's more. It's a black eye. People blame the Montreal Canadiens when they see it's these these prices. Fu- they think it's
1: not their fault.
0: They think it's the team selling yeah, them for twelve thousand a ticket. It's not. It's not. not their fault. No,
1: that's just greed. No. That's just greed. Yes.
0: Now, if I had a season ticket that was selected and I had the chance to go to a game, I would easily book a flight fly into Montreal, go watch the game, and then fly the Frig home and yeah. then isolate because yeah. that's what I'd have to do here. So if I can make $12,000 or I can go and experience a Stanley Cup Finals game, I'll choose the Stanley Cup Final game. Yeah. That that's But that's me. <clears throat> I'm just a run-of-the-mill dirtbag asshole. Yeah,
1: exactly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a greedy asshole. Yeah. <laughs> so game three... So, Game three. All right. So game three, we've got some adjustments coming. Uh, Dom Ducharme is going to be behind the bench. So for me, I think the biggest difference we're going to see, and this is no disrespect to Luke Richardson, who I think has done an admirable job thus thus far.
1: Yes.
0: But I think Ducharme has a better ability to manage his bench. Now, he's matched up his lines better when he's been on the road than what I saw Luke Richardson do. Now in Richardson's defense, he's going up against John Cooper and John yeah. Cooper is one of the best coaches in the NHL. Yeah. He so, also has, he also
1: has quite the team to, to be able to ice.
0: <laughs> yeah. He, he's got, he's got a team that you wouldn't, I have, it's amazing how they can afford that under the cap, but I know, right. It's a, it's unreal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> tongue-in-cheek joke come on guys we're just goofing around um but yeah cooper's one of the better coaches in the league especially when it comes to bench management that's right so having richardson and ducharme back i think we're going to see a little bit better especially with the last change yeah
1: i think i think they're going to be able to manage their defense a little bit better as well yeah. and maybe in those matchups um because uh kevin bieske even pointed it out um you don't want to see you know, no offense to the five. You know, to the five-six pairing, I've, I've talked about them quite a bit, but we never see them out together, and they're always out with one of the you know so-called big four. Yeah, you. I think we're going to see a little bit better management because he's going to just be able to stick to that side of the bench and be with his defense. And I think Ducharme is, as you said, going to control the bench a lot better and make changes on the fly if need be and get those matchups. So it was, I really didn't like the bench management in game one. I didn't like Suzuki against point. And we saw, we saw that um, they tried to stick to no out against point quite a bit during game two. And we saw a lot, a lot more, um, you know, we saw a much better effort from the Canadians and obviously having Armia back was a, was a big boost as well.
0: Yeah. And, with Armia on the fourth line that fourth line really started to show its um, its identity again. I it mean really Evans has. Evans he brings a lot to the game. He does. Like, what Armia brings to that fourth line is vastly different and it, oh, sho- exactly. it, it showed. Yeah. So that was helpful. Uh, yeah. He is Suzuki, the guy he, he's
1: the guy that can create that cycle.
0: He yeah, he does help. I mean yeah. if you if he's not there and you have he, Evans that cycle the chain gets kind of broken. It does. Evans and, and nothing
1: nothing against no, Evans nothing against Evans
0: that's not his game
1: it's not his game
0: exactly. now game. with Suzuki Suzuki played a much better game when whenever he did meet up against Braden point yep. so he's he, you can tell that he he learned from his mistakes overnight he watched his he watched the video made the adjustments he had to make and he was able to play head to head against point for the for the amount that he played against him and he looked way better. I mean, Suzuki was probably one of the best Montreal Canadiens on the ice in yeah, game two. You could say that, yeah. I so um, for this series, that bodes well, because Suzuki is the, the number one center, and he's going to need to bring that level may, and maybe a bit more for the Canadians to really climb back in. But for the future, in the long term, this is a long-term view of it, I mean, Suzuki is a, a, is a first-line center now he's 21 and he's only going to get better so the the canadians have a gem just tooting his horn there a little bit just want to get that in there so another adjustment that i believe what we're going to see is beyond the line changes is um on the power play i hope so yeah so when they do get that one power play that they're going to get because uh, Dwyer and Chadon are the uh, referees tonight, so don't expect very much. So there's probably going to be that one power play. I'm going to say that Caulfield gets in on the first wave right away. Yeah,
1: we saw a bit of an adjustment in the last game, and they ended up putting Foley and Caulfield on the points, and they actually moved uh, Gustus into the wing.
0: Yes. And I'm it generated. Sure. It did generate some shots on net.
1: It 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 did. However, I still rather have. I'd still rather have. And then this is, it's what I'd rather. But I'm going to be realist at the same time. Is we know that um, we know that Petrie's playing injured. Yep. We know that Weber's playing injured. Even though Weber scored on the power play in this uh, in this playoff, what what are their shots and how much pain are they playing through right now? But I would like to yeah. see one of them on the power play because I know that the, I know that I know that Petrie can make a good pass. He's got an accurate shot when he when he when he pulls it off, and then Weber is all it always is that threat to shoot. And yes. I've said it multiple times, and you have as well. All the Canadians need to do is bait them into thinking that shot's going to happen, and play it and play it elsewhere. They have the, they have guys that can shoot. Suzuki can shoot. We've seen it. He he, does a little walk in and takes a shot. Caulfield can score from anywhere. Yep. So whatever these are in the bumper. Absolutely. And um, we know how uh, Perry is in front of the net. Yeah. I, the, we, I hope that the, 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 the changes that are made tonight, that they're beneficial. And as you said about the officiating tonight, they have to make the most of these opportunities.
0: They're going to be, uh, (laughs) their penalty kill is going to be tested again because if they, I'm setting the over-under on the penalties to the Montreal Canadiens at four. I think they're going to hit four penalties in this game. They'll get one power play and have four against. That is my guess. This isn't because I think the refereeing is horrible. It's just the styles that the two teams play, the Canadians tend to be behind the play enough that, It'll give the opportunity for the uh, the officials to call. It, it's the, and it's the crap in the hands. so you know, a little bit of a hook or a little bit of a slash or, you know, just those the, the ticky the ticky tack stuff. I think that's what's going to end up being called. Yeah,
1: and, and that's what I don't like. Like, don't call I like think- if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna call someone getting. Uh, cross-checked in the face when they're on the ice or 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 punched in the face after uh, uh in, in a scrum or anything like that don't call this little ticky tack shit where you know it's a stick lift and you're you're calling a slash or you know this little finicky stuff and and then something goes unnoticed like you know someone going off a line change and sticking their hip out and tripping somebody but drop <coughs> you know but you know best what was that best Best officials in the league. Remember that.
0: Best officials. You heard it the, from
1: Gary Batman himself.
0: Not just in the league. Best officials oh, yeah, in, in the sports. World.
1: In the world.
0: In sports. Not yeah. just any sport. All yeah. sports.
1: Yeah. Take that, NASCAR officials.
0: Take that, you NA, suck. NFL. Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, Vegas odds makers are going to love these officials next year when, the, when it all opens up. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's not a. And to be clear, the officiating has not been an issue in this series. No, I don't think it will be at all in this series. The Canadians penalty kill has looked excellent. They've given up that one goal in garbage time and gave one. They looked very strong in game two and I don't expect it to change in game three. So to finish this off before we end our, our episode, I know it's a short one. We wanted to get it in as quick as we could, you know, with everybody working and what is your expectation for tonight's game three.
1: I'm hoping, I'm hoping <laughs> for a very, for, for a similar game plan to game two. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm What's hoping. What's your prediction with it? I'm going to flip it and I'm going to say 3-1 for the Canadians tonight. a boy. That's what I'm, that's what I'm, that's what I'm going with. I, I believe that being in on home ice is going to give the team a little bit more of a jolt. They're going to be playing in front of fans. They're going to play be uh, with their families, and um, I, I think Ducharme going to be hungry to uh, to get back out there. And I, I I think they're going to want to win this one for him. And they know they they know that if they they lose tonight, they have the there is the there is the possibility that they could lose in four games and potentially have the Stanley Cup awarded on home ice and that's not something you want to see so I think that's going to give them a little bit more motivation they know that they need to they need they know they need to win tonight it's a it's it's a it's a must win we should see the best Canadians effort and if we don't then you you may as well stick a knife in this series
0: yeah and for me um I think after the, uh, the initial nerves, the nervous energy that they had going into this series, the intimidation that they clear, many of them clearly had. Um, I know we make a big deal out of the experience that was brought in, but a lot of these players didn't have that experience, even some of the veterans. And, and you could tell that they played nervous. Now, they shook a lot of it out in game two, but it was still kind of there. They, so there's, they're worried about making mistakes. Now, they're at home. They're more comfortable. They're going to have last change. They have their coach back, which having Ducharme back, I think, is going to be a huge uh, emotional boost for the team. Um, they're, they're not going to be playing with that nervous energy anymore. They're going to be motivated to win for many of the reasons you just said. They don't want to lose at home. And I think they, they still see a path to victory in this series. They're only down 0 2. They were down 3 1 to Toronto. That's right. And they still found a way yep. down 0-2. You still have chances. If you could still get a little bit of a win streak going, lose a game and then start again. So yep. I see this as the Canadians coming, coming home party. I I, I see a win. Not only just do I see one win, I'm going to, I'm going to go out and do a, a I'm going to be crazy. I'm going to go, I'm going to lose it here. I, I see two wins in a row coming.
1: I'd love to see it. I'd love to see it.
0: So, Let's uh, let's watch the game tonight. I'm going to make sure that I get uh, good and drunk so that whether they win or lose, I'll be happy either way. Yeah. So, um, do you have any final thoughts you want to pass on?
1: Uh, enough final thoughts about the series. I don't want to say congratulations to uh, Andre Tornay, who was uh, named uh, head coach of the uh, Arizona Coyotes.
0: You want to congratulate him for that? Yes. I feel bad for
1: the man. Well, I feel. You know what? He was given the opportunity. I feel bad that he had to go to that organization, but I, I'm, I'm happy that um, we're seeing a little, some new blood in the, in the ranks of head coaches within the uh, national hockey league.
0: I love, uh, you know, honestly, I think he's doing an amazing job there. And I love seeing that other NHL teams are going to be grooming francophone coaches from Montreal. Yeah. <laughs> so congrats to Andre. It, it's great news. Um, and for myself, I just want to remind everyone to use our promo code, uh, unfiltered20. Go to builtbar.com. They have the, uh, some of the best tasting uh, protein bars out there. Get 10% off from Built Bar using our promo code. Uh, 20% off at uh, East Coast Lifestyle. Uh, anything you buy at East Coast Lifestyle that they have on their online store, 20% off purchase. And unfiltered20 gets you 35% off your purchasing fees when purchasing tickets for events such as Montreal Canadiens hockey games or concerts through event code uh, anywhere, anywhere really in North America, go to seatgiant.ca and save 35% off your purchasing fees by using unfiltered 20. So I just want to reiterate to everyone who's listening to us, all our new listeners, all our longstanding listeners. I want to thank you for tuning in and making us one of the most successful independent podcast there is for the Montreal Canadians and remember if you were talking about it so are we do you have a problem getting big city slams are you not getting the gains at the gym well don't mortgage
1: your future on rental supplements get burgerburg arms, Berkey arms will get you the gains you need Burger gets rid of all the bad attitude and builds better characters so you can get the gains you need get Bergy Vans! Bergy, bear, bergy bear. Today, not a real product, mate.
0: They make you trade your
1: favorite player for a mountain and Do not use, if you're healthy, if you want it buy a dog.
2: Did Will, the Story of People podcast is now available on the Crier Media Network. The first five episodes are here and feature some incredible guests that fit into one or all three of those categories. Ready? Tara Sloan from the San Jose Sharks, undercurrent podcast at NBC Sports. Marianne Iveson from Iveson Voice and the Let's Take This Outside podcast to talk about the world of outdoors as well as voiceover land